Hello, welcome back to HodgePodge. This is your host, Allison Clackwitz. I am so excited because today I will be interviewing one of my dearest friends. Her name is Stephanie Starr. Steph is a shining star. I am so proud of this girl, woman, and her story. She and her husband, Adam, who is a dear friend as well, struggled for years uh, with fertility specialists, um, with uh, infertility, and trying to start their family. And within this uh, struggle, Stephanie was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and was told that she was not going to be able to have children um, due to her treatment for MS. And she was devastated, but she pulled up her 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 faith and and prayed and and her her awesome attitude toward life and she's just a, a fighter and they had pretty much decided you know that maybe adoption would be more significant you know more appropriate for their family and so they had started those classes to begin the adoption process because they are they were just the the perfect couple um a beautiful home uh just uh, such faith and loyalty in their their relationship their their love of god they're just in a you know just beautiful people and so they they started the adoption route and um six months after um starting her ms medication she became allergic and had to stop taking the ms uh, meds and one month later found out she was pregnant (laughs) i remember the call um, and but I'm going to stop here and let Stephanie um, talk about her journey with MS, entrepreneurism. She's a mompreneur, and I'm just so proud of this woman. Um, so just hold on, and I'm going to let uh, Stephanie uh, talk with us about her journey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to HodgePodge, friend. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am, too. So, guys, I have my dear friend, Stephanie Starr, whom I have already introduced you to. Um, Stephanie is an amazing friend. She's an amazing wife mom, uh, mompreneur, and, (laughs) (laughs) and a multiple, multiple sclerosis warrior. And I am so proud to know her and to be able to call her a friend. And we've known each other a long time now, haven't we? (laughs) Oh gosh. It's been a very long time. Yep. (laughs) How long now? Yeah. So we met in 2003 oh was gosh. it that's I think. Like ancient ancient times <laughs> <laughs> it is 
I did. It is ancient times. We've covered a lot of territory. We in have. All those years. It's yeah, been so fun. I met you first through your husband, through Adam, yep. and because Adam and I worked together for an um, insurance company years and years ago, and we're buddies, mm-hmm. and so I knew him before you knew him, I think. Yes, And then we were introduced, I believe, at a party. <laughs> M- more than likely, yes. Yeah. And then from there, our friendship blossomed and um your relationship with adam of course and um so yeah so we have known each other through many different phases of life yes we have and have been um really cheerleaders for each other i i think i think in in absolutely perfect friend terms yes so um so give give the listeners a little bit of a background about who you are. We, I know you're, you gave me this awesome bio and I learned <laughs> a lot about you that I didn't even realize <laughs> that you were born in Ohio, in Columbus, yep. Ohio, then mm-hmm. moved to New England yep. outside of Boston. I had no idea. You didn't? No. Yeah. Yep. We, we lived in a little town called Attleboro. It was like. 30, 15, 30 minutes outside of Boston. So I had my first Chinese food up in Chinatown in Boston, which once you ha- go there, you, you just, nothing's the same. Yeah, I would <laughs> You imagine. can't get Chinese that's, food anywhere else. That's so exciting. That's yeah. So cool. And then, it was. And then you, you lived in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. And um, my dad worked for Amtrak. So we got to ride on the trains for free. So he would, we would ride into New York City and spend a day in New York City and then take the train home. I felt very sophisticated as a young kid. You I wasn't. were. You were <laughs> very sophisticated it, compared to me, the country bumpkin. <laughs> oh, it's just a different type. It was just, you know, I fell in love with New York City and I still love it to this day. So It makes so much more sense now because you were always <laughs> so city-fied. City-fied. <laughs> But the only background I knew was you coming from Pennsylvania. And I just, yes. for some reason, I knew your family was from the Ohio area. I had made that connection. Mm-hmm. But, but I had not put together any of the others. So that is so cool because, I, see, I learn. I learn stuff. <laughs> That's so That's funny. That's neat. But, yeah, so then they moved you out into the middle of nowhere. Oh, yes. Mountains of Pennsylvania. And I did not take well to that. I, I, at all, I, I did not like the sound of crickets for like years. I just, I begged my mom to homeschool me. I begged them to move me back where I, I, I listened to 95 up in Connecticut to go to sleep and it just became this thing. And then they, yeah. So when we moved to Pennsylvania, I was not a very happy camper about that at all. Um, there was no shopping. There was no anything. Right. The, nothing. You were all about the riding the Amtrak and going into Boston <laughs> to eat to Chinatown. And, right. Man. Yeah. That really was not, that was kind of a downer, but it was a pretty big culture <laughs> shock for me. Yeah. <laughs> But in the in defense 
of the mountains and the rural areas of Pennsylvania. It is beautiful. Gorgeous. I love going to visit and I can appreciate the beauty of it. I did not appreciate it as a kid, but you know, right. kids don't appreciate Things the beauty like of nature. Usually. Yeah. Um, I was one of those kids. So yes. Yeah. You had already been exposed to all these other more exciting things. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, once you're brought up for however many years, a certain way, and then you take that, you know, it just doesn't, kids don't, yeah, Those they don't always, changes like that. Yeah, they don't always appreciate that. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm raising one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you stayed there you for, until you graduated from high school, and then um, you went. Um, eventually found your way down to to Wilmington. Yes, Wilmington is is now my home. It's been my home now for 16 years. And we say Wilmington, but meaning Wilmington, North Carolina on the coast yes. of North Carolina, not yes. Wilmington, Delaware. Not Delaware. No. Yes. No. Yes. And that is where Stephanie and I met. I've, I've mentioned my time in Wilmington many, many times because it was um, a pretty important time of my young professional life. Mm-hmm. And, and I made some of my best friends during that time. And, um, and you being one of those. So, um, so you've been in Wilmington for 16 years and then went on to work, um, in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, for a long time and worked, worked your little butt off. Yes, I did. I, I did. And, um, and it was, you you know, I've, I've heard from so many people that worked with you in the pharma industry of just what a, what a powerhouse you were and how devoted and, um, you were, what exactly you did data entry management or I, yeah, I managed, um, studies. Well, I worked my way up to becoming a manager of the studies. So, um, Mm -hmm. the pharma companies hired our company, to do the work for them. And so my job was to review their studies protocols and um, basically write the, the layman's term language for their databases and cleaning the databases and things like that. So right. it was and a you, lot of... Right. And you did you, you manage um, employees or... I know I'm, you provided a lot of training and support for... Yeah, I, I did a lot of training for the, I didn't manage people. I managed the people when they worked on my studies. Right. So I was responsible for them when they worked on my studies, but I wasn't responsible for their actually, you know, um, yearly reviews and that type of thing. I wasn't responsible for that. I was responsible for the budgets for my studies, which were like millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. It was a little intense. it It was stressful. It was stressful. You worked very long hours and yes, and you're, and I know you and you're a bit of a perfectionist. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, I have been called that a few times. Maybe not so much anymore. (laughs) I've had to let that go. Kids change you. Yeah, they do. Thank God. Right. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about that. So during that time and that phase of life where you were overworked and Mm -hmm. you and Adam had married and, Mm -hmm. 
your number one, I know this because I lived it with you guys that your goal, you wanted to have a family so bad. So talk a little bit about your struggle with that. So while I was working in corporate America, um, about a year after we got married, we got married in 2004. So in 2005, we were like, let's start a family. And like, we feel like this is the right time for us. And we tried. And after a year of trying, nothing happened. We went to see a specialist, a fertility specialist, and he got me on medication. And, um, you know, we went through all the testing and things like that. Um, and nothing, he couldn't explain to us why we weren't getting pregnant. We didn't, neither one of us had any like specific like (laughs) issue. Mm -hmm. And so that went on for, that was in 2005. That went on for six years. That's a long time. And I remember the disappointment and the struggle that you had, the frustration it was so hard because yeah. I, w- I would have, you know, there was other people starting families and mm-hmm. they would be, they would be getting pregnant within a month of trying. And I'm on yeah. like year four and, and yeah. just like, I don't understand what's going on, but, um, I'll never forget going to visit you <laughs> and I had since married was it was what seven months married maybe Mm -hmm. and um living in Fayetteville and went to visit you and Adam and had just found out the night before that I was pregnant and I Mm -hmm. felt so remorseful oh I hate that you felt that way because I knew how much you guys had wanted to have a baby and I started crying. I remember remember when I told you and because I felt, you know, I wanted you, I, it didn't take us long. We did Mm -hmm. not have that struggle. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, why isn't this happening for this beautiful couple? You know, that has, this is what they have wanted so bad. But of course, ever gracious and the true friend that you are were over the moon happy for for me of course (laughs) I don't ever want I didn't ever want anybody to feel sad telling me such good news yeah and I but I'm sure I probably would have probably been the same way but yes but anyway let me backtrack a little bit but so after those six years of trying to get to to figure out you know what was happening Mm -hmm. you and Adam had decided that you you know that maybe adoption would be a a possibility for you guys and that was not something foreign from your family your um and that as far as adoption goes you had seen through your own family the beauty of adoption and and had pretty much committed that you were going to go that route. Yeah. Yep. We, we were totally, once we were told, I don't know if you want me to talk about this right now, but once we were told after being diagnosed, no children. And I don't think we've even touched on, I had said that in the introduction, but so later after, after you would, um, here you tell, you go ahead. (laughs) Well, so it had been, five years and I just 
like of trying and we were, I was so stressed at my job. I was working like 60 hour work weeks every single week minimum. And I was so stressed that, um, I, I decided to put in my resignation. I had no plans of what that meant. Surprised my husband a little bit, um, with that because I was kind of the breadwinner at that time. So it was a big decision. We had talked about the option, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so I left my, my corporate job in 2010, in August of 2010, and four months later was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and was told by the specialist in the hospital where I stayed for six of, days of my life that I will never get back, um, that children were no longer an option for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of. Well, how did you, I, you know. I know you were terrified of the MS diagnosis. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I didn't really tell anybody that I was cause I'm not very, um, I like to be like strong and independent. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't tell anybody, but, um, I'm going to tell you this and sorry if I get a little emotional because sometimes mm-hmm. it still brings it back up. But at night, Adam stayed in the hospital with me every night. He didn't go home. We had mm-hmm. dogs, so he would go home and take care of the dogs, and he'd go back and stay with us, stay with me. And I remember having my iPod, because we didn't have, like, iPhones then, and I would listen to um, praise and worship music at night and just bawl my eyes out silently right. every night because I just, I just didn't know when you get diagnosed with MS, the first thing that goes through every single person said that I've asked since then is I'm going to be in a wheelchair. I'm mm-hmm. never going to walk again. We're not able to have kids now. Like all mm-hmm. of my future changed. Yes. You know, instantly. And so. And you was... have always been a very active person. I, re- I will never yes. forget one of the first times I was around you, you know, I'm not much of a team sports kind of girl, <laughs> That's just yeah. but you are, and you, yes. and I remember going to the um, volleyball. What was the place? Captain Bill's Captain Bill. Yep. And watching you play volleyball. And this chick is like diving in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Like hitting the volleyball. I'm like, daughter, she's awesome. Like, I would never do that. So this was like, you know, I mean, really, you were, uh, you know, it it was going to, in your mind, change everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just thought, well, there goes everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally felt like everything was taken away in in that diagnosis sure but through you know as time went on and then also through your faith because you have such a stellar you know um, Christian faith and and you've ministered to me over the years and you know and to so many people and not to mention you you know you guys have opened your home through um your connections with um the Bella Root um yeah I, I, I you know uh taking uh, t- um <laughs> I'm struggling here what the children it? from Belarus yeah yeah it's a mission a mission yeah. 
and mm-hmm. every summer ha- have been a host home for children to come and stay and um and through your church um in Wilmington you know your your faith has grown even more through that and I'm sure through you know just the outreach that you guys do through um is it Port City yes it's Port City Community Church is where we attend Mm -hmm. in Wellington and um and I just have always admired and respected you for that but it's also something that we both feel you know is important that we grew up in And Christian families, we, you know, our faith is very important to us. So talk about that a little bit, about how how that helped you. Well, so as a lot, I don't know if, as a lot of people, I grew up in church, but then I walked away from church in my teens and college Mm -hmm. days and Mm -hmm. thought that fun was you know, more important and, Mm -hmm. um, really didn't get back into attending church regularly until about 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, and Adam and I felt called, like it might've been a little earlier than that. We were like, you know, if we're having a family, we need to get back into church and really back into our faith. And thank God he, he put somebody in my life. He put a dear friend of my at work in my life who brought me just by watching her and hearing her, I was like, that's what I'm missing. I am mm-hmm. missing Christ and mm-hmm. church. And he brought our church and, you know, to us. And I was very against to go into the church at first because it was so big, but mm-hmm. it feels like home <laughs> and a family now. Um, but thank goodness he brought that back to me because that is the only thing that like I clung to when I was diagnosed And when Mm -hmm. everything was going on and he's so gracious because he being God, because, um, you know, he just, he didn't care about all the craziness in my past and he brought me right back and, Mm -hmm. um, he gave me hope through very dark times. Yes. And I'm very thankful for that. Yes. And so through prayer and through faith and through just your awesome spirit, uh talk about um a little bit about after starting your medication for MS what mm. <laughs> yeah so um for MS usually it's a it's an injection you have to give yourself an injection so they chose one that they thought would be a good starting point because you never know about the medication which one will you know really work for which person so they started me on one And, um, about six months into it, found out I was allergic to the medication and my doctor was so astounded. He said, this is like a one in a million chance. And I was like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Cause, um, and so (laughs) I, (laughs) I went off that medication and a month later found out I was pregnant. Yay! And, and you called me, I was sitting in my office. Yes. Folk rehab. Yep. And I cried like a baby. <laughs> my coworkers could hear me crying and were like coming to my door, like, are you okay? And I'm like, it's tears of joy. <laughs> right. Oh my God. That was like seven years. So that was seven years not having anything. Ha- well, we did have one pregnancy 
um, that was not a a vile pregnancy and, and we lost that baby very, very early on. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, what in the world, right? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, oh mm -hmm. it's so crazy so it's all in divine time right and that was your your divine time and through that struggle and through these different phases you know you you Mm -hmm. had had your miracle baby emily our sweet emily who's now seven yeah oh my goodness so and it's so awesome them being a year apart yeah i love that my favorite pictures of still of that one of them it's black and white that we that one of us took on the beach when they were yes. both like two and two and a half or something like that mm-hmm. and they're so cute in their little sunglasses yes cute little babies with their boogie boards or whatever <laughs> pigtails and boogie boards yeah, yeah. diapers on the beach <laughs> oh it's the best yes so you you had emily life you know, was, um, going great. Mm-hmm. You had your little baby and yep. then, you know, you kind of, you started to get back into wanting to do some entrepreneurial yep. things. Yeah. And so, um, that's when you started with Rodin and Fields and yep. had a very successful career with, yeah. with Rodin and Fields. Mm-hmm. And that's been, um, awesome for you. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, yeah, and then what happened? So, oh, <laughs> God is so funny. Um, well, my husband and I decided that we were good with one child. Um, mm-hmm. We had actually tried a second time to have a second child, like when she was about one and a half or two, and it didn't take. And our doc, my doctor said, "Let's get you back on your MS medication. We don't want you off of it too long." So went back on medication. We said, all right, our family's good. We're good. Um, and so I started wondering like, all right, so what am I doing? And so that's when I started with Rodan Fields and, um, about two years in, was it two years? Adam was supposed to have a very important procedure done. He was very busy at work. Never, never, <laughs> never got that done. done. <laughs> never got that done when we thought we were going to get that done. And shock of all shocks. And this is so crazy. I was at, I was in Pennsylvania when I found out that we were pregnant with our second. I had gone out to dinner with the same two girls at the same restaurant when I found out I was pregnant with Emily. Oh my gosh. And I, that same night I found out I was pregnant with a second. Wow. And at what age? (laughs) I was, oh gosh, I, I was 40. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So age 40, you were pregnant with your second child. And it was a bit of a shock. I, neither, I mean, this is going to sound so horrible because of everything that we've been through you would think we would be so ecstatic but neither one of us were super ecstatic like this was not in the plan you know our plan yes Yes. you had you were just thankful you had Emily you had moved on yep you're you were feeling financially secure right and and your time everything but God decided 
that you needed to have a little boy. Yes, <laughs> yes, he did. So in January 2017, you yep. gave birth to your little angel, Ryan. Well, he wasn't too much of an angel that first year, but he's an angel now. <laughs> excuse me. I've had a cold. And so, excuse me if I'm, I, I cough a little bit. Um, so Ryan was not the greatest little infant. He wasn't one of those sleep, sleep and just cuddle infants. No, he was not. He was a screaming infant. <laughs> um, pretty much. I Which mean, is not funny. It's really, you don't really understand it unless you go through it. Like a crying infant's normal. They cry when they're wet. They cry when they're hungry. They cry if they have, you know, a gas bubble. Every, but this was nonstop. 20 mm-hmm. like unless he was eating and unless he was taking his little 30 minute cat nap he was mm-hmm. screaming and we kept asking the doctor what was wrong and they wouldn't they didn't find anything they didn't have any answers um they did put him on some you know acid reflux medication and it seemed to help and then it stopped helping so they switched that medication and it h- did help a little bit but the little he was not a happy enjoyable <laughs> Baby. Yeah, it just Ooh. wasn't. It was hard. I remember Emily saying, "I thought being a big sister was going to be amazing, and this is really horrible, Mom." Oh, and it just broke my heart. Like it broke all yeah. of our hearts. I got postpartum depression horribly. Bad. Right. Yes, it was because. Awful. Yes, and I know because I had my own struggles with postpartum, mm-hmm. and because no one can prepare you. Mm-mm. For life after birth, you know, that either for me, it was just more emotional and um, physical things. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated not being able to just bounce right back into Mm -hmm. me and it took time and, and then you're, you're terrified. You're, you're caring for this small infant and every little thing is an issue you know you're you're scared you you know and then you're sleep deprived and just exhausted right yeah so you you struggle with that you you talk with doctor you got you know you you got yourself in a better place that for to help deal with your postpartum yeah and then um and then um Things since then have kind of have have been much better. <laughs> Adam and I were just talking the other night that the thoughts we shared some of the thoughts that went through our both of our heads because he had depression too. He was mm-hmm. totally depressed after we had Ryan, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't he wouldn't get on medication. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we shared some of our deep secret darkest moments Mm -hmm, during mm -hmm. that first year of Ryan's life and it was so it was just we were both very I was crying he was like I just I hate that it was like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah now Ryan is like the sweetest little dude and he is adorable and he's hysterical yes and I can't wait to see him again we live too close not for (laughs) 
I know it's so it's It's, so everybody gets busy in their life but guys he's just the cutest little blonde blue-eyed he looks just like you he's your like (laughs) mini me and I bet has so much energy and spunk just like his mom and um I just could eat up every little picture I see of him lately but we're gonna (laughs) do better at some point yes (laughs) and get together so um so things are, you know, but talk about, too, where you are right now with your MS diagnosis and prognosis. So as of right now, every, actually, as of every appointment after my initial diagnosis, all of my doctors are like, you have MS, but you do not present like somebody who has MS at all. I don't have the physical symptoms. I do not have thank God, any of that. I do have like the tiredness. Um, I get, I get to the point where if I get, I can't move again, like whatever's happening needs to stop and I need to go take a nap. I do get, I do get that sometimes, but otherwise my doctors are really excited. I do still take medication for it. Mm -hmm. Um, are you doing injections still? No, I, I am actually taking a, um, a pill form now because my injections, my other injections were, um, giving me some problems as well. And my doctor was worried about that. So I am taking Mm -hmm. a a pill now. How awesome. Because for a long time you had to inject yourself or Adam had to help you Mm -hmm. do your injections every single day, wasn't it? Yes. Every day. And those injections, I, I'm not necessarily a needle phobe but I do not like them and they mm-hmm. didn't feel good they were pain every single one of them was painful right. um you were diligent though in your your fight against it and you did everything possible you changed a lot of things in your lifestyle yes and, and even with your eating habits and yes didn't you you've gone more to gluten-free type Yes. Yes. I went, um, gluten-free. I wasn't, since I don't have an allergy to it, I wasn't very, you know, if I wanted to have a slice of pizza, I'd go get a slice of pizza. But, um, I went, I went gluten-free. I was very good about, I say was because, well, Ryan happened and my life changed a little bit. So I'm getting back into it, Mm -hmm. but I was very good about exercising every single day. And with, weights and cardio, like walking a very quick walk. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, weights are very important, um, keeping your body in shape. So it remembers what it needs to do. If ever there were an issue, yeah, Um, because muscle memory is really important. So, yes. Is there any uh, advice for someone that is newly diagnosed with MS that you, you would want to give to that person? Yeah. Call me. Yeah. (laughs) I I love to talk to people because there's, there's, you know, there's people who get diagnosed who can be positive, even in the face of something that's not positive. And then there's people who get diagnosed and there's no, never any happiness again. And that breaks my heart and they need people who are positive about it and can help and walk them through it. it. So find somebody who, or it doesn't even have to be diagnosed with MS. Find somebody who's been 
dealing with something that you can, you know, bounce your, your life off with them and, and really, you know, help each other through it because you can't do it alone. No, no. And you, you are such a good um, advocate for just people in general, especially women. And, um, and I agree if they, you know, just to watch you and your walk and your struggle and you've just turned it into this beautiful life and and you're just so active in your community and in your church community I mean she was just telling me that her friend had a baby they just took care of their children this weekend with her children you're always opening your home to other people Adam I know too I'll give him <laughs> shout out because <laughs> I love him and he's he, yeah, he's he is best. a wonderful person would give his shirt off his back and I mean was always there to help me you know back in the day if I ever needed anything both of you so you're awesome so tell me right now um what is your new pursuit that you're a new journey that you're on right now oh gosh so um I'm never it's I'm one of those people I just like to I don't like to be busy I like to be productive and I like to feel like I'm, you know, giving something to the world. Like Mm -hmm. some, I mean, obviously I'm a wife and a mom and that's very important and, and things like that. But, um, I like to work. And so, Mm -hmm. but I also, Ryan stays home with me. He does go to daycare twice a week. Um, he's there now, but, um, he, um, so I went to this meeting I wasn't looking for anything else. I loved Rodian and Fields. Like it was perfect fit for me. I got to yeah. do it when I needed to. And um, the products work great for me. And mm-hmm. so I was happy with that. But I went to this meeting back in January of this year because my friend was telling me that um, there was a local CBD company starting in Wilmington. I was like, ooh, I need to know about this because I wanted my mom to try it because my mom has had health problems her whole life. Mm-hmm. So I just went to listen to see what this company was and, and things and hearing the woman's story for why she wanted to start this company. I, I like had tears in my eyes. I was very moved by it. And I was like, I walked out of there saying, I want to do this so badly. Mm-hmm. And I was so shocked because I just didn't, I wasn't really looking. Um, so yeah, Adam and I um, started with the company. We became part of the company right away as soon as they launched and um he adam he being adam isn't able to do it anymore his um employer has since come out against um anybody being a part of anything with cbd right now until they really get more information and things Uh, um just for safety purposes he works you know yes at a at a pretty unsafe place so yes yes (laughs) Has had had an awesome career, also. Yes, yes. That's something else that we need to. I need to mention is that you know he was a lineman um, Mm -hmm. for power company and um, worked has worked tirelessly through hurricanes and catastrophic 
event, weather events and traveled to other areas to lend support and all while you have been at home, you know, holding it down. And um, so we we love Adam for that too. Yeah. He's, he's such a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, you will never, I just don't know if there's another person in this world who's as hardworking as him. No. Um, yeah. he's, he's really, maybe my dad. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, your Adam is special for sure. He, he really is a devoted family man, a friend to, to so many. And, you know, he, he's awesome for but sure. Like your Adam is, your Adam's pretty awesome too. He's a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is. So back to um, Global Compass. Have we have we named the company yet? Um, it's Green Compass Global. Green yep. Green Compass. Excuse me. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's called Green Compass Global, um, and it's really cool. It's a uh, local people here in Wilmington, local farmers. They've been farmers for five generations, and they're teaching their kids the sixth generation to farm. They're organic, hundred percent organic farmers here in. Um, near Wilmington and sweet potatoes. They farm sweet potatoes for, I don't know how many years, five generations is, but it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're really good guys. And they were part of the North Carolina um, hemp pilot program. So they've been a part of that program for five years um, to grow hemp and um, make sure that, you know, they're following all the rules and regulations for it. And, um, the founders, Sterling and Meredith, um, reached out to them and they said, yeah, we're already growing hemp. Let's do it. And now they're a farm to table company. They, they're responsible for every part of it from seed all the way to the oil products that show up at somebody's door. It's, it's really cool. So it's all locally grown out of North Carolina, coastal, Eastern North Carolina. That's right. And manufactured in that area as well. Yep, everything's done. Yeah. And you've tried the products. Yeah. Yeah. And I... are happy with with what they're um, creating. Are there any success stories or anything oh, that gosh. you want to share? Well, I can share my own story. I um, was put on antidepressants, you know, after Ryan yeah. to help with my postpartum and mm-hmm. everything. And yes. because I take a pretty strong medication for my MS, adding medication... I don't really like to do that because my liver's already, you know, cleaning enough Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want it to be overworked. So I don't like to add medication, but Mm -hmm. what's the other option? Um, But now I actually am just strictly taking the CBD oil for my anxiety and and everything. And I, I take it a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening and I feel great. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm off my antidepressant now and um, we're giving it to our daughter um, for her, she's, um, got attention and focus, right. Impulse issues. Mm -hmm. Um, now we don't see her at school every day, but we meet with the teachers and we know that the, the week we didn't give it to her, Mm -hmm. it was like a placebo experiment (laughs) almost, right? (laughs) Yeah. We, we ran out. I didn't realize we were so low. We ran out or something like that. We didn't give it to her for a week. And the teacher asked us what's going on with her. (laughs) <laughs> and we're like, well, right. so, um, and she says she feels better taking it. Um, I have lots of customers who take it for pain and 
mm-hmm. and are just feeling great. So it, it, it's yeah. really something that's helped me fulfill that part. Cause I love helping people so much that I just yeah. get to help people feel better. And I, you know, and this is something that you and I kind of a, a similar journey with our, our own struggles with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and, um, taking medication, not taking medication, you know, trying to figure out what the best balance is. And then right. also with our children, because my son is also, he's diagnosed with ADHD. He takes mm-hmm. um, medication. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's definitely something that he and I, maybe down the road, should be considering looking into because the CBD industry is just growing. And I'm hearing all the time of all the wonderful benefits from it. From topical, you know, just mm-hmm. for skin. Oh, yeah. All of the spas that I've visited, I mean, that's primarily what they're using are hemp CBD products. Yeah. And um, they feel great. And then also the medicinal, you know, internal benefits of, of CBD. And, yeah. uh, you know, all of the studies for children with seizures and, mm-hmm. um, yeah just other neurological things. And that's why I'm thinking, you know, I'm wondering also with MS down the line, think, you know, treatments for some of these more neurological uh, diseases and, um, you know, what the impact of the CBD industry really is going to have. And I hope that other people out there, you know, are more receptive and understanding that this is not marijuana. This is no. not a drug that's going to get you high. No. It's a plant, a holistic herbal, you know, with real true medicinal quality. And, yep. um, and also we're supporting North Carolina farmers. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's so important since tobacco is basically going by the wayside. I mean, these yes. farmers need something to replace yes. that. Yes. And if it works, if it's not, you know, if it's actually helping people, then we all need to get behind that and support our, our farmers. I'm yeah, all about supporting sustainable agriculture here in North Carolina. And so I just think it's an awesome awesome company so it's green compass so green people compass can, global mm-hmm. can look it up green compass global.com or dot org dot com yeah dot com, yep. and check out your products because it, it just sounds fantastic and if they want you to come out and maybe do um a show or some sure. kind of um you know just network with their their a retailer or any industry that's interested in that they can contact you for that sure. yeah and and what is the best way for people to contact you um i would say give them i mean i'm happy to give my number if if you want my phone number that's up um, to you yeah, sure okay well my number is 910 619 Mm-hmm. 8205. So, yeah, I'd be happy to talk. Um, I and have email. Yes, and it's Stephanie Starr, S T A R R. Yes. And um, give us what's the email contact? So, my email would be stars, so S T A R R S G C G at gmail.com. Okay. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So, yes. But anyway, we have run um, almost for 45 minutes here, and I knew (laughs) we would not have um, any problem talking. No. (laughs) But I think this is just so awesome and helpful for and inspiring for our listeners, um, anyone that is struggling out there, you know, go to God, go to faith, meditate, pray, you know, reach out to your community, build a community around you. Do not, you know, always ask for help and guidance, go to your doctors for help and guidance, you know, your, your friend groups and, um, don't isolate yourself because you have shown, you know, how a person can, um, grow so much from, you know, something devastating happening, a diagnosis like MS, infertility alone is enough to, to, you know, damage a person's um, willpower. And, um, and there is so much support out there. So, um, but you, but I've just been so proud of you and your journey and I'm, I love you and I'm happy to call you my friend. (laughs) I am so happy to call you my friend and it's really so humbling. It's really all, you know, just God's grace showing up big time for us. And that's really what it boils down to. And, um, yeah, I just, I really, love being on here with you i know it was awesome thank you well i'm gonna let you go and go pick up your wild child (laughs) and i'll talk to you again soon my my friend and i just want to thank our listeners for listening to us today and i hope that you were inspired join in next time thank you thank you bye-bye bye